Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of workshops on self-development and sexuality in Australia. My name is Rog. This is the no bullshit, all honesty, useful sex education that most teenagers never receive, myself included. There's a lot of reasons why we don't get good sex education. One reason is that for a lot of adults and educators, it's a really complicated and scary topic to bring up. And in the absence of knowing how to teach it, people just hope it goes away. And most of the people that should be teaching you about sex were never taught about it themselves, so they don't have a whole lot of role models to copy from. Another reason is that a lot of cultures and communities think you shouldn't be having much or any sex, and they hope that if they don't tell you about it, you won't experiment with it. You and I know better. You're going to check it out whether the world wants you to and tells you about it or not. That's where what I want to tell you about today comes in. This is the stuff that I think literally every person should be taught, even if you're not expecting to be having sex anytime soon. This is the stuff I absolutely wish someone had told me about when I was in my teens. It would have saved me a whole bunch of well-intentioned fuck-ups, and it would have made life a lot easier. So here's 13 things that I think you need to know. Number one. An interest in sex is normal. If you're interested in sex, you're not a freak. Despite what people say, there's not a correct amount of sex for you to be having. Some people like a lot of sex. Some people don't like sex at all. We call that asexual, and that's normal too. In the same way that you're not a freak if you want to have lots of sex, you're also not a freak if you want to have none at all. Start with the assumption that so long as it's not interfering with the rest of your life, whatever amount of sex you want to have is perfect, and go from there. There shouldn't be any shame in wanting, or not wanting, sex. Number two. When I say that any level of interest in sex is normal, I'm making the assumption that you're doing it reasonably safely, and that you're only having the sex you want to have. Safety, when it comes to sex, is a pretty broad topic. Maybe someone's told you a little bit about safety as it relates to not getting pregnant and not catching sexually transmitted infections. Those things are really important, and you should listen to them carefully, but that stuff is just one tiny little bit of what sex is about. When you get beyond the very first things, like kissing and touching and oral sex, and whatever the word fucking means to you, you do need to be mindful about not doing things that might damage your body. You might never want to try out the more adventurous things like spanking or sex involving your asshole or kinky stuff. But if you do, then a little bit of research first on what's safe and what's not will go a long way. Exploring sex can be a lot of fun, but it quickly becomes very unfun when you break something. You also need to think about how safe the people are that you're having sex with, by which I mean their emotional safety. Do the two of you have mutual care and respect? You don't have to be in love with someone, that's totally your decision, but 
you need to have mutual care and respect for each other. Number three, it just doesn't matter who's having sex with who, by which I mean dudes with dudes or chicks with chicks or any other combination you can think of. It just doesn't matter. Uh, so long as people are treating each other well and being reasonably safe, then who cares? What does it matter? While we're on the topic, have a think about who you might be attracted to if you haven't already. The world is set up to assume heterosexuality, as in people that identify as women being with people that identify as men. Uh, and that works out pretty well for a significant portion of the population. But if that's not you, then good for you. You are still perfect. Uh, how open you want to be about that will depend on what kind of community you're living in. Uh, it can be complicated, but you'll navigate it. You'll find partners that like you and friends that like you as you are. It generally works out fine, even though it can be pretty dramatic at times. Number four, the idea of consent is way, way more interesting than what's normally described. Normally, consent is framed as something like, don't have sex with someone without their consent. This should be really obvious, and it is legitimately really important. It's another way of saying, don't be a nasty person. Normally, it's pointed out that you're actually causing someone a huge amount of damage if you do things against their will. It's really true, and it's really important. But there's another reason, and that's that you have to live with yourself. If you take sex from someone against their will, or trick them into having sex, or anything like that, you're going to know what you've done for the rest of your life, and that's a really nasty thing to be carrying around. Knowing you've done things that are not that great is not fun. Uh, and to say nothing about the mess you can cause for the, for the other person, you really mess up your own sexuality in the process. So anyway, all of that is super important, and I'm totally behind all of it. But here's the bit that I think is missed from that message. Being good at consent is being really clear with each other that you both want to have sex, or whatever other sexual activity you're talking about. So that might sound like asking each other, would you like to have sex? Um, and that's great. Good job. Gold stars for you both. But go on and take it to the next level. Don't just ask if the two of you would like to have sex, as important as that is. Go a step further and ask, what kind of sex would you like to have? What would make it perfect for you? Can I tell you exactly what I'd like? and you tell me exactly what you'd like, and then we'll see if that's possible. If you approach it in this way, not only will you be doing things with full and proper consent, but you'll be having the best sex of your life and getting exactly what you want. That's the bit about the idea of good consent that's missed. It'll lead you to really great stuff. Which leads us to the next point. Number five. Sex is like any other skill. You don't automatically have it to begin with, but you can learn it and practice it and get really good at it if you want to. Here's a paradox though. Even if you get good at knowing what one person likes, you pretty much go right back to the beginning when you get together with someone new. 
How hilarious is that? So you need to create a culture between the two of you where you can ask questions about each other's bodies, try stuff out, and learn from each other. It's about learning rather than performing. I think of sex as being like a whole series of experiments where you try something out and really carefully watch what happens. If you slow down and let yourself focus, you can read your partner and you can tell how their body is responding to your touch. You can get really confident just from watching carefully. And hell, you can just use your words and ask stuff like, what does this feel like for you? Would you like this harder, softer, slower, faster? How do you like to be touched generally? How would you like to be touched right now? Um, you've probably been totally lied to by most of the films and shows that you've seen, by the way. When sex is shown on screen, it often looks like people just magically know what the other person wants, and it all unfolds all by itself. That does happen sometimes when people have got a lot of confidence and skills and experience. But the other, I don't know, 99% of the time, no one really has much of an idea of what they're doing. The solution is to ask questions and help each other out. It might seem weird at first, but you'll really quickly discover that you're having much better sex and you won't go back to closing your eyes and hoping for the best. Number six. Porn can be great, but you need to know the ways it's lying to you. Porn and erotic literature are hugely popular and almost everyone enjoys one or both of them from time to time. But you've got to remember, you're not watching a documentary. Rather, you're watching something that's been put together because maybe it looks good, or maybe it looks scary, or it does something else that will make you want to click on it. This is really weird to say, but some of the people making porn don't know much about good sex. Or, if they do, they're choosing not to make videos about it. Uh, that's fine. What they're making is called entertainment, and that's great in its own right. But when you don't have a lot of experience yourself at sex, it's almost impossible to pick the difference between good, educational, and informative porn, and porn that's just entertainment that you definitely don't want to try and copy. It can give you a really warped understanding of what most people are actually getting up to and what they enjoy. The kicker here is that I don't know of any way to help you pick the difference between educational porn versus just entertainment porn. So I'm just going to say, sure, enjoy porn and erotic literature, but try and remember that you could be seeing as much misinformation as you're seeing actual information. Bear in mind also that if you just watch one type of porn, and if the people in that porn are all of one particular body type, your brain is going to get a little bit wired to only find those sorts of people and that kind of sex to be sexy. You can accidentally wind up really narrowing your options and getting frustrated when the reality of your sex life doesn't match what you've been watching or reading about. Hey there, listener. I'd like to make you a little proposal. 
I love making this podcast for free because it helps me spread the word about sex positivity. But I could use your help in spreading the word just by sharing this episode if that's not too absurd. For every 10 stories that you listen to, please recommend it to someone that might like it too. (laughs) This is not a real contract, for you got no say. I would if I could frame it some other way. And if sharing's not for you, that's fine. There's nothing to do. Please listen without guilt to this podcast I built. Which brings us to number seven. Everyone's got a right to explore their sexuality if they want to. And everyone can be sexy as fuck. It's got nothing to do with how someone looks, what size body they've got, what gender they are, or how their body works. Our culture constantly reinforces the idea that only some people are sexy, and those people are almost exclusively going to look like they're thin, young, rich, and fit. What's not spoken about so much is that how someone looks has got nothing to do with how they are at touching you, or how they're going to respond to your touch. How someone looks also doesn't say anything about whether they're going to be a good person to be in relationship with. Someone can look hot as fuck, and that might be attractive at first. But what you want to keep an eye out for is how they behave when things aren't going their way, whether they value you as much as they value themselves, and how they conduct themselves when they're in a conflict. By extension, like side-related point, however you are is perfect. If someone's not into your body as it is, then move on and find someone that's more open-minded. Number eight. We often speak as if men and women are completely different species with almost nothing in common. What a load of bullshit. Men, women, and people who have different gender identities have way, way more stuff in common than they do in difference. By which I mean, some people like having sex, some people don't. Gender has got nothing to do with it. All people like being treated well and being treated with respect. All people have better sex if there's foreplay and warm-up involved. All people get shamed by our society for being interested in sex. All people have bodies that sometimes do what they want, and sometimes not so much. And all people have parts of their lives that are easy, and parts that are hard. Our society definitely introduces some really gendered patterns here. It's great to be aware of the ways our world makes your life easier because of your gender, and also the ways the world makes your life harder. No one wins that particular war, but no one's the outright loser, either. Don't think of people as, quote, the opposite sex, unquote. Think of them as people just like you. You'd be amazed at how much easier it is to get along with people that way. Um, We're getting a bit more into some territory here that's maybe a bit more like my opinion, but there's a question here of whether women and men are born differently or whether they become different because of the way they're socialised. I think that there's not a lot of fundamental difference, but I think there are huge differences in the ways that we're socialised. By which I mean, 
For reasons that I can only describe as utterly pointless, our society often encourages you to be a particular way and to do certain things because of whatever body you were born into. One of the ways that this comes up is in sex. Uh, for instance, men are sometimes made uh, to think that they should be the ones making more advances and play a more active role in sex. Uh, they're often the ones doing the doing, if that makes sense. And they're often described as the ones that want sex. Uh, women, on the other hand, are encouraged to sit back and wait for the offers to come in and have the experience that sex is something that happens to them rather than something that they do to others. Like all gender-based generalizations, if what I've just said is true, it's only going to be true some of the time, meaning that some people might have the opposite experience of what I've described. However, if you find that your experience aligns with what I've described, then just make your own decisions about whether this is the way you want your life to be or not. It doesn't have to be this way, and most people prefer having a mix of experiences. Uh, most people don't like the gender restrictions that we're given. Number nine, in relationships, sex often takes care of itself for about the first month or maybe the first year if you're lucky but then it starts to drop away. This is the most normal thing in the world, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the person you're with is wrong for you. Fortunately, if you want to keep your sex life alive, you can, but you're probably going to have to put some effort into it and to do it intentionally. By which I mean, you're going to have to talk about it, perhaps get more of an education and try some new things out. It actually all works out great though, since sex is a pretty fun thing to learn about and experiment with. And once you've put in the work, the sex you wind up having once you've worked on it in a long-term relationship is better than the sex you were having at the beginning of that relationship. I'm repeating myself a bit here, but sex is like any other skill. You can't decide to build a house and then just go right ahead and do it, just like that. You've got to first learn a few things about building, and then get good at it. The same thing goes for sex. Number 10. There is absolutely a connection between your relationship with a person and the quality of the sex you have with that person. If your relationship is not great, if there's aspects of the other person that you strongly don't like, or if you talk disrespectfully to each other, or if you've got unresolved conflicts, then you're not going to be having great sex together, or possibly any sex at all. This might seem like a bummer, but it's actually great. Your desire for sex can be the motivation you need to bring your best game to the relationship and to invest the time to get stuff sorted out. Perhaps you've heard about makeup sex? It's the sex you have when you resolve an argument, and there's a reason why it's a thing. Number 11 an interest in kinky things. There is so, so much stuff out there to do and explore, if you want. It's not even that useful to try and think in terms of what's normal sex and what's kinky sex, because it changes a lot over time, and what's kinky for one person is the most normal thing in the world for someone else. If you're not into something that a partner wants to try, then just say so and don't do it. 
If you're not into something that one of your friends or someone that you know is into, then don't shame them for being into it. So long as they're doing things reasonably safely, then good for them. If there's something that you're wanting to try out, throw a little bit of research at the subject first. Now, not only will you learn some really important safety tips, you'll learn heaps more about how to do it well. Um, I would go so far as to say, most of the time, being a good lover is just a question of having good knowledge. Information is sexy. This is especially the case if you're exploring kinky things. Number 12. Different relationship styles for different people. We're generally given the impression that we should all be aspiring to have one partner. You'll move in together, buy a house eventually, get a couple of kids from somewhere. One person will go out and work while the other stays home and does family. That's great for some people, but some of us are unique little creatures with unique needs and interests. The type of relationship or relationships that you want to have might not look anything like this standard model of what a relationship is meant to look like. In fact, you can sort of think about it like a game, where the aim is to try and work out what relationship style you want to have with a given person. You win the game if you can work out the style of relationship that works for you both. Do you want to live together? You don't have to do that. Do you want to share finances? You don't have to do that. Do you want kids? You don't have to do that. Is sex important to you? You don't have to do that. Do you want to be monogamous? You don't have to do that either. All of these things are up for grabs. If the truth for you is that you don't want to go with everything in the standard model, then life's going to be so much easier if you don't try and force yourself to do it in a way that's not right for you. Number 13. Safe words. If there's one thing I want to tell you, it's this. Use safe words for everything, especially sex. The safe word system that most people use is green, orange, and red. If you say green, it means that everything's good and safe, and you're wanting to encourage your partner to keep doing whatever they're doing. If you say orange, it means that something is approaching a limit and will need to change soon. You might be getting tired, or something's getting painful, or maybe it's just that your interests have shifted and you want to try something else. If you say red, it means that everything stops right now, and that's all there is to it. You'll probably then want to have a chat about what's happened, but that'll depend on circumstances. You can say orange or red anytime you want for any reason. It's your human right. You don't need to be able to explain or even understand why something is orange or red for you. And obviously, Anyone that wants to ignore your orange or red is behaving incredibly badly, and you're going to want to get out of that situation urgently. You'll quickly discover that these words bring you a level of trust and safety that you wouldn't have thought was possible. When a couple can use these safe words with each other, they've got it made. 
They're going to be able to navigate difficulties and also much more quickly be able to find the really good things about sex. I just can't emphasize this enough. I know it's going to seem weird at first because you've probably been taught to never speak up and never interrupt and that good sex with a good partner should just unfold naturally all by itself. That's all bullshit. You'll quickly learn that green, orange and red are the things that lead you more deeply into your pleasure and it will quickly seem wrong to not use them. There's more going on with these safe words than we've got time for here, but I just want to say again, if there's one thing I wish I'd been taught and one thing that I think the world needs to know about, it's these sweet little safe words. Also, once you've got the hang of them in sex, you'll find yourself using them elsewhere, like green to you getting me a drink right now. I think I'm orange on listening to this track again, but you can put your headphones on and listen to it as much as you want if you want. What's that? You want me to go to your parents' place for Christmas? Red. So there you go, folks. That's what I wish I'd been taught when I was a teen. I'm sorry to younger me for having to get by without that knowledge. If you want to share this with someone, obviously, go right ahead. Look for the share button in your podcast app. I'm also going to put a transcript of it on the Curious Creatures website in case that's easier. The link is in the show notes. So, what did you think about today's episode? Take a moment to tell me and chat with other listeners about it too. We have a forum at forum.curiouscreatures.biz. I'll stick a link to that in the show notes as well. It's extremely quick and totally free of charge to create an account. And once you're there, navigate to groups and join the Curious Conversations About Sex group. Uh, I'll also put a link uh, directly to that group in the show notes in case you have difficulties navigating towards it once you've created an account. But yeah, I'd love to hear from you and so would the other listeners of this podcast. Curious Creatures runs a variety of workshops in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, We've also got some pre-recorded workshops that you can watch anytime, anywhere. Our workshops are on sexuality, self-development and relationships. You might also want to check out our consent cards. Our consent cards are small plastic cards with all of the questions you need to ask to give yourself the best chance of getting exactly the touch or sex that you want, just to the level that you want it. There's a version for kink and related activities, and a more general version for everything else. Links to our consent cards are in the show notes.